Thank you so much for sticking with us and joining us now for Take 10. We end each of our Caregiver SOS on-air programs with a look at a topic or an issue that Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist, specialist in caregiving and addictions, uh, deal with each week here on Take 10 on Caregiver SOS on-air. Today's topic is one that uh, it turns out to be a huge, huge problem, and that is the addict down the hall. Carol, we're talking about... Folks in nursing homes, assisted living, independent living, who are addicts. Well, and it, that sounds shocking when you think about, well, people in nursing homes and assisted living, people in residential care facilities, you know, that's where they're living in a health care facility. They couldn't possibly be addicts. But the New York Times recently uh, ran a piece, Paula Spann, who we've had on the show before, did a piece about Jewish home life care which is one of the first nursing homes in the country to have a substance abuse program for patients who have had an injury, they've been in the hospital, and they're addicted to painkillers or alcohol. So, Jamie, I bet you're not surprised that there are addicts down the hall. No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, let's take this uh, issue just really quickly and segment it. First of all, uh, nursing homes, as well as assisted living and independent living, have, have never shied away from alcohol in terms of, of connecting with the public or bringing people in or, or, or having it available even in residential environments. So first things first is that there's really no drug policy or alcohol policies one will find often in skilled nursing or assisted living. And the second thing is that there is this sort of, and I don't want to call it what I think I'm about to call it, I think it's a co-conspiracy, but when somebody's in pain and obviously there's not enough staff and there's not alternative ways to deal with that pain, often they are prescribed at a fairly rapid rate opiates and benzodiazepines. And those opiates, which are painkillers, and benzodiazepines, which are anxiety reducers, um, they develop a tolerance to and, and they want more and more, and eventually they become addicts. So you're saying that the assisted living in the nursing homes are part of the problem. So what do you think about them becoming part of the solution? Do they think can they do both? Well, I do believe they can, actually, but I believe uh, we're all part of this problem. I think the medical culture in the United States has created this very segmented medical approach, whereby the behavioral health was treated somewhere else, the medical care was treated somewhere else, the dentistry was treated somewhere else, and so we've not circled the wagons. And so I think I don't want to single totally skilled nursing out. I think our medical world, until we integrate behavioral and medical care, we're never going to get ahead of this. But to your point, I believe skilled facilities can be utilized well as milieus for drug and alcohol treatment. Um, I think, unfortunately, they're being used more and more because we don't have a way to really pay residential treatment environments. That heretofore, Medicare has not really paid for that. It's paid for psychiatric care in acute care hospitals. So how many people really want to go to a psych hospital for treatment? But nursing homes can destigmatize in some ways, and, and if you do it properly, and I mean create a real in a milieu, which is an environment where clinical approaches can happen for that particular patient, I think you can make a huge headway. You mentioned, as we were talking about this topic off the air, that uh, alcohol cocktail parties often are used as a recruitment tool to get folks into nursing homes. Well, yeah, and I don't have to mention names, but you just think about the, the marketing across this country for retirement communities, 55 and older, and and it always kind of looks to me like like a Woodstock get together in some way because it's all you know fun and games. It's Disney for boomers and seniors, 
and and so nobody really shies away from using alcohol to induce. But well, to to the point that we are now seeing boomers become older, and that boomers are now hitting the Medicare rosters. Um, I think we're playing with fire because it, it, if it's my age, it was an insatiable age, and we turn to these things to get rid of pain, to deal with grief, and to and to move out of this present state to an altered state. Well. Um so when when people are addicted to to pain pills and to alcohol and Medicare pays for X number of days in the nursing home, how you know in a in a short stay in a sixty day stay, um, is is that a short time? Is that a long time? Is that can you make any kind of progress with that kind of a stay? Progress toward treatment. Tri- yes, progress yeah. in treatment. I think you can, Carol. I think that the prognosis is always better the longer somebody's engaged in treatment. Those two are correlated and have been through, you know, evidence-based research. Um, But a a 30- to 60-day inpatient stay, followed by a partial hospitalization step-down that Medicare would pay for, followed by uh, an an intensive outpatient program, followed by a therapist, somebody, an AA and NA, and having your sponsors and reading the big book and going to meetings, all of this means that you've acknowledged you have a disease of addiction and that you want recovery. So I do believe we can actually shape a continuum of care that could work. Well, you know, as part of this, you know, we were just talking um, in one of the other shows about, you know, we want a pill for that. Is is part of this addiction problem that is so pervasive because, you know, I happen to see this in the New York Times. Ron saw it. It's it's in the media often. Is it because we want a pill for everything that just take the hurt and the everything away? Uh, if you're saying, are we a, a country that? Is, yeah, I mean, is so, it part of our philosophy? Is so, yeah, we as Amer- uh, you know, in the United States, we do we want a bill for everything to make it all look better. At, look at TV commercials. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it used to, you never saw drug advertisements, and now it doesn't matter what's wrong with you. There's a pill for that. Absolutely. And so we are a me generation. We're a now generation. We're this moment generation. But again, this is an age old thing that's happened in society from the beginning of time. It's spirituality. So there are many people that, that realize that, and, and I want to say for our listening audience, when I say addiction, it's doing any behavior despite adverse consequences. So you're talking about chemical addiction, you're talking about alcohol addiction, but making bad choices and being motivated without having therapy, let's say, for choosing wrong relationships or caregivers who work themselves into a place of almost dying before their loved one, to me, that's also an addiction. That's called a co-addiction. So I think if we really want to look at our population well, we should look at it comprehensively. And that spiritual sort of approach that you said that that's the the antidote to what you mentioned to the me generation, I think needs to be first and front and center for us. He's Dr. Jamie Heisman. I'm Ron Aaron. She's Carol Zernio. You're listening to Take 10, part of our Caregiver SOS on-air program. We end each show with Take 10. Carol? Well, you know, I'm just wondering, um, you know, if you don't know, how do you know that the person that you're caring for has an addiction? How would I know that, you know, my dad is addicted to pain pills? Well, pain pills are almost easier than most um, because if it's alcohol, and I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible, but this is a whole show unto itself. If it's alcohol, it's probably been within the family as a cultural thing all of our lives. Our, our kids watched our parents do it. Our parents watched their parents right, do so it. So we know. We would probably yeah, know if he was an alcoholic. And nobody's talking because you know you're next. However, when you're talking about opiates or benzodiazepines, you will see somebody who is actually using chemicals, if you will, to restrain normal behavior. So you can see people in a, in a stupid 
stupefied way, almost a catatonic way. You can you can know when people are drug seeking or going to doctor after doctor, which we call doctor shopping, and finding prescriptions from from primary and specialists, and then going to different drug stores. If a caregiver is educated, really educated around what to see for addictions, I think we can make headway. The interventions around it and finding treatment for it is a whole nother thing, though. But for the homebound uh, care recipient who, who may be uh, addicted to uh, to opiates, uh, how do they get the pills? Well, it's not difficult for an addict to get a pill. I hate to say this. You, you think, you know, unless you're... It's you're called mail order. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll find it. I don't care if it's online Thank or if it's with a, right. a doctor where they have the adolescent grandson come and bring it. Somehow, when the only thing in your life is that pill or that craving or you know that jonesing, if you will, you're going to get it. So let's not sell our boomer and seniors too short. Uh, they found it at one time in their life, and they're going to get it a second time. <laughs> well, you know, I I'm going to pick the um, optimistic side of the the story and say, you know, I think it's it's great. I'm not saying you don't think it's great. But it is interesting that somebody is recognizing, you know, front face that there is an addiction problem and saying, you know, we want to work with you. We want to treat, help treat you and help make you better. Um, Carol, when so many people it, want to write off older people that uh, might have uh, addictions. Absolutely. And in about two weeks, you're going to see, and knock on wood, they came to me for an interview, um, a story in the Wall Street Journal about older adults and opiate addiction. So um, we are starting to turn our minds to it now. And I think it's because of cost, quality, and outcome. So however we get here, thank heavens we're here. Good place to stop. We're flat out of time. Dr. Jamie Heisman, thank you so much. Carol Zerniel, you're listening to Take 10 on Caregiver SOS On Air. We end each of our shows with Take 10. And if you want to hear more, we are working to get Take 10 podcasts available. Stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when that happens. I'm Ron Aaron. Hope you join us on our next Caregiver SOS On Air on News Talk 930 KLUP. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel, for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on News Talk 930 KLUP.